Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Well, this is the first Sunday of the new year, and I'll tell you what, I was praying about it, entering into this new year. You know how I want to enter in? I want to enter in in faith. We're going to talk a little about something we'd call faith today. Is that all right? Tell you what, whatever you're walking into, that's the best way to walk in, is to walk in in faith. You know, sometimes things don't look good out here. Sometimes they do. Whether they look good or whether they don't look good, walk in in faith. Sometimes people have made the mistake. You know, I've, I've, I've seen this where, where, where they believe God when things are tough. And they, they walk in faith then, but then they see the victory and they let it down. But I tell you, you always got to walk in faith. If it's looking good, if it's looking bad, stay in faith. Believe that you're more than a conqueror because of him who's living in you. Because of what Jesus has done for us. Look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. We'll just start here this morning. I've got a direction I want to go with this today. But we'll just start here with a classic faith scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. You know, Hebrews 11, most of you probably know this, it is like a, the hall of faith. If you read through that, you'll find story after story after story of men and women of God that have seen the supernatural in their lives. Hallelujah. You know, I tell you, it's encouraging. When I was a new believer, I used to read that every other day. I'd read that one day and I'd read the love chapter the other day. And I'd go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It's tremendous. You can get excited about these guys and what, what God's done. It says this in Hebrews 11.1 1, though. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The Jordan Bible, my favorite rendering of this. It says this, now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It's betting your life on the unseen realities. Isn't that, doesn't that sound good? Faith is turning of dreams into deeds. It's betting your life on the unseen realities. That's what Christian is being. You know, it's, it all, it's what it's all about. We're living by the unseen. The unseen is more real than the seen. Because the seen was made by the unseen. Yeah. Spiritual things are not weird. Spiritual things are normal. Spiritual things are, are, are realities, okay? Sometimes, you know, you, the devil will come and try to slip things into your head, trying to tell you that maybe, well, you know, you know that faith stuff, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just out there. No, faith is real. Spiritual things are real. God is a spirit. He's real. Hebrews 11.6, if we, if we walk down a few verses, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Again, I'm going to read the Jordan version. He says it like this. Without living by the unseen, it's impossible to get such approval. For anyone who's serious about the God life must stake everything on the fact that God is and that he amply rewards those who make him their quest. I like that. He amply rewards those who make him their quest. There's benefits. There's benefits in putting him first. In making him your quest. 
I mean, he is on your side. He is rooting for you. You know, even if you've been a stinker, he loves you and he's for you. But I tell you what, go this next step and make him your quest. Go after him with all you got. Tell you what, one guy said it like this. This is what really cranks God's tractor. Hallelujah. Don't know a whole lot about that, but I know that tractors must need to get cranked. huh? Really turns them on. Hallelujah. What turns you on? Well, this is what turns God on. Going after him. Making him your quest. Faith, you know, is something, you know, we can see this from the Bible, that faith is something that can grow in any area of your life. Sometimes people have had strong faith in one area, but God is so big, he's so great, he's so vast, he covers every area of your life. You know, sometimes people have had tremendous faith in being saved. I'm born again, I'm saved, and we should all have that. But let's go another step. Let's believe that he's our healer. Let's believe that he's our provider. Let's pr believe that he's our deliverer in every situation. Hallelujah. Faith works in every situation. Faith can grow in your life just like it can in anybody else's life. Sometimes we've idolized people. We've thought, oh, so-and-so, they are just, they're so far out there in faith. I'll tell you what, you can be there too. Whatever faith you're at now, you can grow. If there's areas of your life where, where maybe you need to come up, I'll tell you what, it's possible. Say, it's possible. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. And the charity of every one of you toward each other aboundeth. He said this about these, these people in Thessalonica. He says, your faith grows exceedingly, exceedingly. You know, again, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, there's a book written about him. It's, it's one of the classics from, from way back. It says it, it's called Ex Exceeding Growing Faith. Hallelujah. You ever read about Smith Wigglesworth? I've been reading about him lately. I've, I've got this devotion. I've been reading every day about Smith and the things he's been doing. And I'll tell you what. I'm not trying to be Smith Wigglesworth. But I, I appreciate what God did in his life. But I'm going to be me and let God do stuff in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're the best you you can be. But I tell you what, we can walk, we can walk higher with him. We can have more. Now in Galatians 3, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm just kind of just checking the road out, you know, finding the way. You know how I do. I'm looking for the right takeoff place. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Galatians 3. It says, Oh, foolish Galatians. I was going to start with that, but I thought, huh, I don't know if that'll go over big. Oh, foolish Galatians, yeah. You know, Paul was addressing these people. You know, he loved these people. He loved the people in this region of, of, of the time in Galatia. And, and it was a group of, of churches and, and bodies. It says, he says, Who bewitched you that you'd obey not the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you, received you by the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? This is the question he posed to these, these, these Christians. See, they'd gotten off, and we know this, 
We did a verse by verse this summer on Galatians, but we know this, these people got off the track. Did that mean they weren't saved anymore? No, not at all. They're still in the kingdom. But you know what? The, the things they were believing and the things they were living by were causing them to live on a lower level of life than God in, that God had intended for them. They'd gotten off into legalism. They'd gotten off into works. Now, are works bad? Absolutely not. We want to have good works. But here's the deal. You don't want to be motivated by guilt and condemnation. You don't want to be motivated by religion to do good works. You want to be motivated by the love of God. You want to be motivated by, my goodness, God loved me so much. He sent Jesus. Look what Jesus did for me. My, 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 my. I'm going after him. My, look at this. You see, life's like a game of checkers. You know, you guys all know how to play checkers. You know, this is deep, right, huh? I won't go into chess, but I know this about checkers. This is how checkers work. One guy moves, then the other guy moves. You know, one guy moves, then the other guy moves. Here's the deal. God already moved. It's your move. Hallelujah. He moved on your life. He moved when he sent Jesus. Jesus did the work. He did the grand move. And all God's looking for is us to respond to what he did already. Hallelujah. That's what faith is. Faith is simply a response to what God has already done. Ha. Ha. This is what stood out to me in this verse, though. When Paul was, was writing this, he said, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. Say, let's say that. Say, the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. There's a hearing of faith. There's something that you can get in your ears that causes faith to come. Remember that old song, be, be careful little ears what you hear? Tell you what, there's good things you can hear that can change your life. Yeah. Brother Copeland's famous for this saying. He says, one word from God can change your life. One, one word from God heard can change your life. I heard words years and years ago that changed me completely. What the things I heard was that God loved me, that he wasn't against me, that he was for me, and that he, he, he'd made the way and I could come to him. It wasn't about me. It was all about him. Those words can change a person. So we're talking about faith this morning. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off this, and uh, is that faith has, there's a hearing of faith. There's a hearing of faith. Another thing I want to say this morning is that faith is a lifestyle. Faith is, if faith is going to really be powerful in your life, one thing it has to be is a lifestyle. It has to be, say, lifestyle. lifestyle. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Another version said, We live by what we believe, not by by what we can see. We live by what we believe, not by what we can see. Another one said, uh, the New Living said, uh, we live by believing, not by seeing. You see, everybody's really got 
four sets of eyes. You know, even if you don't wear glasses like me. You know, you've got these, these natural, or two sets of eyes. Did I say that right? Anyway, yeah, that's what it was. You got two sets. You got these natural eyes, but there's eyes on the inside of you. There's, eyes, there's spiritual eyes that see things, that believe things. And Paul was saying when he wrote this, he says, listen, we live by, by what we believe. We live by what we see with our heart, not just what we see with our physical eyes. Hallelujah. Faith is a lifestyle. Now, David is one of my favorite, you know, people from, from old. And most people know David by, by one story. It's in, in 1 Samuel 17. And it's the story of David as a young lad. And when he went out and he, 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 he went toe-to-toe or eye-to-eye with this guy named Goliath. What I want to tell you is that everybody has Goliaths in their life. Have you ever had a Goliath in your life? Have you ever had a giant that you've faced in your life? Now, he might, might not have been 15 feet, you know, six inches like this Goliath, but he seemed like he was 100 feet. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, how they measured. He was big. David faced this Goliath. You know, and, and we know this, that as David came into the camp, you know, he was coming to bring his brothers some lunch. He brought them some cheese sandwiches and was coming to have a feast with his brothers. And, and, and David was a shepherd boy. He was the young one, and he was back home tending the sheep. But his dad said, bring some food to your brothers who are fighting a war. And when he got there, Goliath had... had, had had put himself against the armies of Israel, and he had, he had said this, he says, send out your champion, and, and if he beats me, you know, we'll be your slaves, if, if you, we, you beat me, we'll be yours, you know, or vice versa, you know, and, and, and David went to the camp, and he heard these words, he heard Goliath speaking these things, and, and you know, and everybody else, it caused fear, but it didn't do that to David, and David spoke up, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And you know, Eliab was David's brother. And he heard David spouting off here words of faith. And Eliab came to David and said, David, what are you doing? He says, you're just out there boasting. You're just, you're saying things, you know, you shouldn't be saying. Shut your lip. Just be quiet here. Tone it down, David. Here's the deal is that when you start walking in faith and you begin to speak in faith, there are going to be people that don't agree with you. There are going to be people that you ruffle their feathers. And, and David, this is what, I, what I'm talking about is that faith is a lifestyle. For faith to work properly, for faith to work on the high level that God intends it to, you need to live this stuff day by day. People get in trouble in life when the giants come and they're trying to pull out a faith magic wand and make the giants go away. The way you make them is by when, when the giant isn't even there, you start living by faith. And what stood out to me and, you know, is, is reading this story again is that when David went to Saul and Saul was thinking like, Eliab, who is this young kid? What is he going to do against this giant? And David said this. He says, listen, Saul, King Saul, you know, he was respectful. He said, listen, the same God that was with me when I was shepherding the, my father's sheep, he's with me now. 
When I was shepherding my father's sheep, a lion came. And I defeated that lion. When I was shepherding my father's sheep, a bear came. And I defeated that bear. And the God I serve that delivered me from the lion and delivered me from the bear, he'll deliver me from this giant. You see, David had made a practice of living by faith. This wasn't something new that he was coming up on. You know, he had established this pattern, this, this habit in his life of living by the unseen. Faith works. Faith works best. When we make it our lifestyle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, pilots will do that. I, I remember when, when I lived in Haiti, you know, and this, this gentleman, uh, David Cavanaugh was his name, and he was a pilot, and he, he delivered our mail. He'd come down usually every other weekend, sometimes every week. He'd fly down from Miami to, to, to Port-au-Prince in his little you know, four-seater plane, and uh, he'd deliver the mail. Thank God, I love that guy. One time I went to his house in Miami, and, and he had this, this, this rig in his, his living room that was like a cockpit of a plane. He was, he was practicing. He was working to get his instrument rating. You know what an instrument rating is? Instrument rating is when a pilot can fly on a cloudy day. See, sometimes pilots will fly and they, they rely on sight. But if you get an instrument rating, that means you can fly that plane, you know, even on a cloudy day, even if there's nothing around you that you can see. So what Dave, Dave would do is he'd go in his little, you know, cockpit in his living room and he would... You know, pretend he's flying his plane. It's kind of like a video game, I guess, but, but a little more elaborate. And he was practicing so that he could get out there in the midst of a storm and not be relying on sight, but be relying on his instruments. This is what we need to be. As Christians, we need to be instrument-rated Christians. Hallelujah. Turn over to Mark 4. Hallelujah. I'm, going, I'm excited about the new year. Going into this year with expectancy. Going into this year believing God for greater things than we've ever seen. Hallelujah. Going into this year in faith. Thank you, Lord. In Mark 4, it says in verse 23, If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I said a few minutes ago, you got two sets of eyes. And here, Jesus talking is saying that people have two sets of ears. You got ears on the outside of your head, but there's ears on the inside. He said, Is any one among you, he says, Does any man have ears to hear? Let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. And with what measure you meet, it'll be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. He that hath not from him shall be taken away even what he has. Now, that's, does anybody ever got confused reading that? He that has 
that'll be terrible. <laughs> Jesus said this. He says, take heed what you hear. I'll throw this at you. You know, as you go through life, let's just say this as you come into a, a church service. Take heed what you hear. Don't just listen to what's being said by me or some other preacher. But listen to what the Holy Ghost will say to you. Even about the things that are being said. It says, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. There's a right way to hear. It says, take heed what you hear. The measure you meet, it'll be measured to you. And to you that hear, shall more be given. I always want to go after that last part. Is that there's more to be given. There's more to be given. There's more to be given. I believe this. In, in our church, in our services, that the Holy Ghost is always given more. That He's given more. That's something when we pray, we're always asking God that. Lord, let there be revelation here. Let the Holy Ghost move in our midst. Let Him tell us things that are important to our life. That's the more that's given. The more that's given. So Jesus said, take heed what you hear. And if you hear, if you do that, He says, more will be given. He said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man would cast seed in the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow up and he knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said, whereunto shall we liken it? So here, that's how the kingdom of God works. You know what? Day and night. You sleep, you rise. You know, and the whole time you don't know how it's working, but stuff is coming together. You got your faith out there. You're believing for things in your life. You're believing for your kids. You cast the care on the Lord. You cast the care on Him. You, you give it to Him. You say, Father, I'm going to trust you with my children. I'm going to trust you with their lives. So you go to sleep, you rise up. You go to sleep, you rise up. God's working. He's working behind the scenes. He's working in things you don't have any clue about. But soon the harvest comes. And immediately you put in the sickle and you say, yeah, rejoice. Keith and Heidi, Hershey, you know, they, they set out on this venture, I believe it was four years ago. They said, we're going to purchase this life center over in Beirut, Lebanon. We're going to train up. We're going to train up the nationals. We're going to reach this area of the world with the, the gospel message. And they said, I remember Keith saying, he said, we bought that building. It was a million bucks. He said, I didn't have a penny to pay for it. He says, I just didn't say it. I just act like it was all there. He said, I acted like God was going to be who he said he'd be. And, you know, he was following the spirit of God. And today we're sitting here, you know, sleeping Rising, sleeping, rising. God's working in the midst and all of a sudden the harvest has come. And he puts in the sickle and there it is. Hallelujah. Don't give up on the things that you're believing for. Hallelujah. Talking about hearing. Hearing faith. Hearing faith. Luke 8.18. Again, Jesus said, Take heed therefore... How you hear. Take heed how you hear. How do you take heed how you hear? I mean, don't you just hear and that's it? 
Well, apparently, there's different things you can do. There's different ways you can hear. You know, two people could be in the same meeting, and one could hear one thing, and another could hear something totally different. Take heed how you hear. Have your antenna out. So I'm going to just talk for the last couple minutes we've got here about some ways that we can take heed to what we hear. How we can hear and let it produce what God wants it to in our life. Look over in James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. We got our antennas on right. We're hearing the right message. Hallelujah. It's coming in. It's coming in on the spirit channel. And it's loud and clear. So here's a, here's a take heed how you hear. Here's a way you can hear in James 1.21. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. So here's number one in taking heed how you hear. How do you hear it? You hear with meekness. With meekness. Now that's not the Clark Kent kind of meek, meekness, you know. It doesn't mean weakness. What meekness really means is being teachable. Being teachable. Well, what, what do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor? What are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. When you're hearing the word, don't ever be in the position that you think you know it all. One thing about it, when you think you know it all, there's nothing you can learn. Okay? So taking heed how you hear, hearing with faith, hearing to re increase faith, well, number one is be teachable. Be meek. Be open to learn. The Holy Ghost will teach you, but sometimes He uses methods and means that I wouldn't have chose. You know? Be open. Be teachable. Be meek. Hallelujah. Sometimes He'll teach you through a kid. Sometimes he's taught me when I've been watching TV. Oh, oh, oh that, that can't be. Oh, no, yeah, I can. Be open. Be teachable. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Being meek. Being teachable. Receiving the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Again, Paul writing here, he said this. He said, I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, now what was he talking about? Did, did Paul and Apollos start a garden club? Huh? Is that what he was talking about? He says, I planted, and Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Well, this is what happened, is both Paul and Apollos, two totally different people, Totally different styles. You know, God will use everyone. Do you know that? You know, we know from the scriptures this, that, 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 that Apollos, they said, was an eloquent man. That means he had a handle on his words. He was probably really interesting to listen to. He probably dazzled the minds of the people in the crowd. Paul was kind of bold and blunt. and This is the way it is, you foolish Galatians. Wake up. Anyway, um, but God uses them both. What did they both do? Well, they both planted things. How did they do that? They, they preached the word. 
Paul declared the gospel. He declared the, the word of God. He says, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I'll read on. It says, neither is he that plants anything and neither is he that waters, but God that giveth the increase. He that plants, he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Here's the deal. This is where most of us have missed it, okay? Just to bring it down, Paul's out there holding a big revival, okay? He's preaching the word, giving the gospel. People are hearing this message for the first time. And I'm telling you what, received it with joy. They walked out of there like yippity doo, you know? Got into their cars and probably did a donut in the parking lot. They were so excited, you know? It was winter. And, 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 and uh, you know, they, they went home. Man, you wouldn't believe what I heard tonight. Ooh, it was just a, the, the, the word of God. God's for me. He's not against me. And they go on through life. And that's really cool. And it's really good. And it would be tremendous except for one thing. And that's this, is that people, all of us, we do this thing, we leak. We leak. People get filled up. They get turned on. They go out with joy. They might have danced in the foyer. Woo, yeah, man, wow, man, did you hear that word? Woo, woo, woo. But they go on and they leak. Paul said this. He says, I planted and Apollos watered. He said, but it was God who gave the increase. So when you hear something in that exuberant stage of being excited and yeah, ooh, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah, dig it. Well, that, that means you got the word planted in you. But what you need after you get it planted in you is you need the watering. You need the Apollos factor. You need the watering of the word. How's that work? Well, when you first hear it, it's getting planted. But then you hear it again and it's getting watered. Every time you hear it again, it's getting watered. Now, planting, you know, is a one-time thing. It gets in there. But I know, the little I know about gardening is this, that watering is a daily thing. Watering goes on and on and on. And even when I don't think it needs to get watered anymore, it needs to be watered again. How do you know? Because I've killed a few trees in my day. You know? I, I, I've scorched some lawns before, you know. This stuff, you know, it can be perfectly good, good stuff. But I tell you, for it to be productive, for it be, to be fruitful, it has to be watered. Watering's a key. Say, I'm not going to miss it. In the area of watering. We won't make t-shirts with that on it, but, but I tell you what, it's the truth. All right, number two. Taking heed to how you hear. Number two is you need to have a reverence for the word. You need to esteem this book, you know, as God's word. You know, this is a message from God to me, and I can take this stuff to the bank every day of the week. Okay? There has to be a reverence for God's word. Romans chapter 3, it says this, what if, in verse 3, it says, What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let, let God be true, and every man a liar, as it's written, 
that thou mayest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when you're judged. So what if everybody's saying, what if everybody's saying the word isn't true? Well, I'll tell you what, let every man say that, but God is true. God's word is the truth. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, you know, Paul said to these people, he says, For this cause we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually works in you that believe. You see, there's a way to receive the word. It's not just a word from man. Okay? Didn't mean Paul was a god or didn't mean that, hey, you know, whatever. No, it meant that he, he delivered the gospel, which is life. And that they, these people heard it and they said, we, we get this. This is from heaven. This is a message from God. They esteemed it highly. They reverenced the word. And Paul said because, because of the attitude they received that word in their life, he said it worked in them effectually. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says this. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. You need, you and I, we need to give more heed to what God says than to anything else. All right, so number one, here in the word, one is be teachable. Number two is receive that word and reverence it. See it as God speaking to you. Number three, and this is it, number three is you need to get this stuff for yourself. Okay? You know, it's great when, when somebody gets it and they go, yeah, I got it, and they run around the room and yeah, oh yeah. You need to get it for yourself. You go into Bible school, I mean, you hear all these great things, you're coming to church, you're hearing all this great stuff, but you need to do is you need to make it yours. You need to take it home with you. In Acts chapter 17, it says this, verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night into Berea, who coming thither, that's King James' word there, you don't need to make that word yours, thither, maybe. But anyway, maybe. It says, They went into the synagogue of the Jews, and there were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and they searched the scriptures daily, whether the things were so. Whether those things were so. You know, when David was getting ready to fight Goliath, you know, he, he'd been a meditator. He'd been taking the things of God, making them his. And Saul, you know, immediately he says, well, here, here's my armor. Put it on, David. And, you know, I, I'm sure, goodness, the king's armor. Can you imagine? Man, tell you what, it, it was probably the best, you know. And, and, and I'm sure that, that, that David, you know, for a second was probably thinking, whoa, look at these duds. What are my brothers going to say when I walk out with these? But, you know, David, he, he said, no, he says, I've got my, my means and I've got God on my side. I'm going forth. And he went out with a sling and his, his smooth stones. Here's the deal is you got to make it yours. It can't be what somebody else thought, what somebody else believed. You got to make it yours. 
Hallelujah. God spoke, spoke to so-and-so. Well, you know that story. Brother Copeland one time came to Rama and said, Hey, you know what? God spoke to me and told me to give away my car. And I gave it away and he gave me a brand new one. And a, and a Rama student hearing that went off and gave away his car. And the rest of the year, he walked to school. Because you've got to live off the word God gave you. The part this Ramus student had missed was, Brother Copeland said, God told me to do this. Things in the kingdom don't work because you're trying to imitate what somebody else did. Things work because you got what God said to you and you did what God told you. The good thing is, is you're not responsible to do what God told everybody else. Do what God told you to do. But here's the number three thing, is take this word and make it yours. Make it yours. Hallelujah. There's healing in the hearing. Glory to God. A couple scriptures and we're done for today. A couple scriptures and it begins today. Luke 5.15. It says that much more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to hear and be healed. To hear and be healed. There's healing in the hearing. In Acts 14, Paul went down. Where did he go? He went down to, uh, to Lystra. And there was a man there that was crippled from, from birth. And that same man heard Paul preach. And he heard Paul preach. And Paul looked at him and said, you know, stand upright. And the man leaped and walked. Okay? What happened? He heard something. He heard something from Paul. I'm sure Paul was preaching something that, that was, a, was a power message. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power in the gospel. This man heard it and he was healed. Last scripture, Romans 10, 17. It says this, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The New International Version says it like this. It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message heard through the word about Christ. Hallelujah. When you hear the message of Christ, when you hear the message of God's love for you, when you hear the message of that Jesus did it for you, I'm telling you what, that stirs faith in a person's heart. Hallelujah. There's healing in the hearing. There's faith in the hearing. Let's take heed how we hear. And let's grow. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.